So I thought a lot about what it means to be, to be hungry and thirsty this week. So I got my water right here. Um, so we're going to read um, Matthew 5, 1 through 6 um, together this morning. So I'll, I'll read it as you guys follow along. So um, seeing the crowds, he, Jesus, went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth, and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And so if you were to look at me, and we're going to kind of zero in on the, the verse 6 there today, but um, if you were to look at me, you probably wouldn't know right now that I'm a little hungry and maybe I'm a little thirsty just by, by looking at me. But if I, if I were holding maybe, um, you know, Lottie Fluvog up here for a second, you know, maybe an, an infant, newborn baby, uh, how would you know that Lottie would be hungry and thirsty? She'd be, she'd be crying, looking for food, searching for food. Um, and if, if you're hungry, uh, many of you, if you're hungry, you actually are... You, you tend to get a little bit hangry. Do you guys know that, that phrase, hangry, the angry hunger? Um, I'm seeing lots of nods around the room. We have some hangry people this morning. Um, hopefully not too hangry yet. But, um, but yes, yeah, so we, we begin, if you're hungry, if you're thirsty, you begin, it's, a, it's an internal thing, but it begins to externalize. It begins to show itself in uh, maybe it's your hangriness, or maybe it's you begin to search for food. Maybe you begin to cry if you're Lottie. Um, and in this part of the world, though, I mean, this part of the world, most of us don't fully know what it means to be hungry. Uh, most of us don't fully know what it means to be thirsty. Even if you've, you know, you've fasted from food and drank, um, you know, for a period of time, you begin to experience hunger, experience thirst, but there's, you know, there's a bottle of water on the table over there, or there's a, a million fast food restaurants on the way from your home to King's Chapel. And, uh, but there are parts of the world where, as you know, um, people, food is not as um, available. Clean drinking water is not as normal as it is here. And um, certainly when Jesus is um, speaking to the people in the Sermon on the Mount, he's talking to a group of, of people who know what it means to be hungry. They, they know what it means to, to be thirsty, to, to not fully know where um, your next, the next meal would come from. And um, so he uses this, these words, hunger and thirst, um, because they, they would know what it means. Um, and when you're without something... Um, you, uh, that is vital for life, you begin to search for it. You begin to have a deep hunger, a deep thirst for it, and you begin to long for it. Um, the, the most recent example I, I could think of of just a time when I felt hungry and thirsty was, um, you know, last year, about this time, you know, we've been a couple of months into the lockdown or, you know, the absence of um, church and absence of like the in-person community. And I remember I, I began to experience a, a real sense of loneliness or a sense of like um, a hunger and thirst for connection. Um, so much to the point when 
Um, I developed a couple of new hobbies um, last uh, spring that I never would have thought I would do. Um, I absolutely hate doing yard work. It's something I I despise doing. Um, But I found myself outside doing yard work, not to, you know, burn calories or, you know, really make my yard look pretty, but to, you know, just by chance happen to run into someone um, who was also outside. Um, You know, see a neighbor walk by or pass by. I'm like, finally, someone's here, you know. Um, And I also began to run. I began to, well, I would call it more fast-paced walking, uh, the pace I do. But, um, but yeah, I began to run around the neighborhood, not necessarily to exercise, but to by, just by chance have some sort of connection. Maybe see a, a friend outside or see a, a neighbor. And so um, I began to, you know, many of us began to spend hours upon hours on Zoom and FaceTime uh, just for the, the sense of connection. Um, so... Uh, when, we're, when we begin to hunger and thirst for something, we begin to search for it. And, and Jesus tells us, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, um, who hunger and thirst for goodness, for purity, for um, the sense of being like him, um, to be righteous, um, is to, to, to long for a world, um, to hunger for a world without sin, to, to hunger for a life without sin. And um, to become more like him. And so, but as I was thinking about this week, I was like, I think a lot of us, including myself, had a pretty, have a pretty warped view of what it means to be righteous, or we can have a warped view of what it means to be righteous, why we should pursue it. And um, we begin to see holiness or righteousness as a way to um, earn God's favor or earn the approval of someone else. And so, um, but what Jesus says in this verse, if you kind of bring up Matthew 5, 6 again, is he does not say, blessed are the hunger and thirst for righteousness for, um, so that we may be saved or so that we may be, um, have salvation. Um, he does not say, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness so that we may be seen by God or by others. But he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for they shall be satisfied. So we're going to kind of break up those three, not, be sa- not to be saved, not to be seen, but to be satisfied. And so the first point is the not to be saved. Um, and Ben talked about this last week. He, he talked about the structure of the Beatitudes. Um, and the structure of the Beatitudes is like the first part one is um, verse three through five is a description of how to enter the kingdom of God. And the verse 6 through 10, the second part of the Beatitudes, which the series we're in, is to describe the qualities and the, the characteristics of those who are in the kingdom, who, who are believers. And um, so pursuing righteousness, pursuing holiness, is not how to get into the kingdom. Um, Jesus has already told us that to um, enter the kingdom, um, you, you must be blessed are the poor in spirit, um, those who realize that they are spiritually bankrupt. Um, you know, Joel was singing earlier, the worship band was singing, not the righteous Jesus came to call. So, it's the, so we're, Jesus is not saying pursue righteousness 
so that you may be saved. You know, that he's already said those who are spiritually bankrupt, who have nothing to offer, who have nothing to negotiate with, um, those, these are the people who enter the kingdom of God. And the reason we hunger and thirst for righteousness is because it is, it is a value of the kingdom. It is a kingdom value. It's a characteristic, a quality of those who, who are in the kingdom. Um, and in the same sermon, if you look at this um, next passage up here, Matthew 7, um, Jesus says, um, on that day, he, he, he's, this is later in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, on that day when we're about to face eternity, um, he says, many will say to me, many people will say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, um, Jesus says, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So Jesus has these pretty harsh words for people who, who think that entering the kingdom is all about being, um, to be saved is all about being a righteous person. And so the image here is that many people will come, um, will, will get, to, um, get to the end of their life and think um, that their works, their good deeds is what um, will save them from eternity apart from God. And Jesus says, no, my kingdom is not for people who earn their way in. My kingdom is not for people who um, uh, think and boast in their righteousness. Uh, my kingdom is not for people who said, did we not do this? Did we not do that in your name? Look at all my good works, my mighty deeds that I've done. He says, my kingdom is for people who are poor, for people who mourn their sin, um, who have no alibi. And he says, for people who never knew you, depart from me. But the opposite of that would be for those who do know him. That's who the kingdom is for, is who have a relationship with him. And um, I think many of us know that this is probably one of the biggest misconceptions that we have about Christianity. It's, it's one of the ones that I feel like is most prevalent um, in the Southeast, maybe in, in our city in particular, but the, um, the mindset, the misconception that we are saved by being a good person or a good righteous person. And um, I, you know, as, as we were talking about earlier with Campus Outreach, I spend a lot of time with college students. Um, and I often, every semester, get into spiritual conversations with students. And so a lot of times they kind of go like this. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll begin, you know, kind of transitioning into a spiritual conversation. I'll, I'll get to know them, spend time with them, build a relationship with them. But at, the, at some point, um, the question I always ask is, you know, are you interested in spiritual things? Um, why or why not? And, um, and many people are very interested in spiritual things. Um, but then I'll ask them the follow-up question of like, well, what do you think it means to be a Christian? What, what do you think it means to, um, to be a believer in Christ? And, um, you know, most people um, will say something along the lines of this. Okay, so this next slide here. Um, this is what most people will say. They, they say, um, well, it starts with performance. You know, if, if I am a good person, that's what makes me a Christian. It, that's what makes God 
the top little segment there, show me his grace and, and I'll, I'll have his love. I'll be able to spend eternity with him. So being a Christian is all about what we do. That's what a lot of people will say when I ask, ask that question. Is, um, they'll, they'll say it's about um, being a good person. Um, but the Bible says it's not about what we do for God, but the next slide there is, is about what he has done for us. And so... Um, Start with the start with the done, and what, what has God done for us? He He's loved us so much that He sent Jesus for us to die on the cross for us to pay for our sins. And so, um, I remember um, in my own life, I, I, I for a long time I thought performance, my righteousness, my holiness, is what allowed God to show me His grace. But the the Bible says it's not about what you do but it's about what Christ has done for us. And this will lead to life change. It will lead to um, the other side of that. It will begin to bear fruit. Um, if Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, for by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's, it's the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. Let that soak, soak in for a minute. This is, this is a truth that um, our culture and our part of the world does not fully understand. It's a big misconception. Um, and Christianity is fundamentally different than any other religion. Every other religion, every faith background will say something along the lines of, it's about what you do. It's about your goodness. It's about your righteousness. But Jesus did not come to call the righteous. He came to call sinners to himself. Um, it's those who have no alibis, those who do not hide their sin. And um, so, but the reality is, is when you do understand God's grace and you are saved by grace through faith, um, what it, it does lead to life change. I remember... Um, uh, my freshman year after college, after going to Beach Project, and I, and I fully understood the gospel that I wasn't defined by my sins, but I was defined by Christ's scars. It was, I was defined by what Christ did for me. And my life looked completely different after that summer. I mean, I began to not try to earn God's favor by being a good person, but because I understood that I already had God's favor, I began to change. Like my life began to change. I began to desire to spend time with him. I began to desire to read his word, to pray, to fight sin, become more like him, become righteous, but not for righteousness sake, but to, under, to, to, to show that my life is, was changed. My heart was changed. And so um, I think the question to ask yourself, the application question is like, where do you start in your relationship with God? Do you, do you start with what you do or do you start with where, what God has done? And so think about what, what, at what point maybe did you start with do? What point have you started with done? And um, because, just because you're a good person does not mean that you'll enter the kingdom of heaven. And I think that Jesus really lays that out clearly is not about being a good person. Um, just because you might have a friend or a family member who is a good person um, who does good deeds does not mean that they will um, inherit the kingdom of God. Um, and so I think it's important to know that 
if you're in that, if you're in that boat where you've trusted um, in your good works, um, in your own righteousness um, to be saved, um, Jesus invites you to be poor in spirit, to, to acknowledge that you are spiritually bankrupt, that you have no hope apart from him. You have no um, kingdom apart from him. And um, that Jesus' perfect righteousness is enough. So to, to repent of your sin and your desire to earn your righteousness, but also to believe that Jesus' righteousness is enough for you. And um, that salvation um, is by grace through faith, not a result of works. And maybe some of you, another application might be, some of you have friends that you, you're not sure where they stand spiritually. And, and our mission is to, um, to know God, to grow together, and to, to reach our world, to reach our city. And we, we live in a world that is very confused, um, very confused. And so our only hope is Jesus. Um, and so the second point there is we hunger and thirst um, not to be saved, but we also don't hunger and thirst um, to be seen, not to be seen. So look at this. Um, well, th- think back to our, our, our uh, Sermon on the Mount, verse 6 there, um, again, for a second. But Paul adds um, in Ephesians 2, he says, he says, it's not about boasting, right? He adds that line, so no one may boast. Um, because when you do good things... Um, I mean, think, I've, I've thought about this for my life a lot recently is when I do good, good deeds, when I do good acts of service, um, I long to be seen by others. Um, I know that that's true for, for all of us to some, to some degree is that we long to boast in our, in our good works. We long to be seen. We long to have the approval of others. Um, uh, this morning or this weekend even, uh, multiple times I was spending time with my kids. And what do they do when they, when they do something good or they're about to do something good to serve you? Maybe it's to clean their room or to, um, to do what you've told them to do. What do they say? They say, watch me. Watch me, Daddy. Watch me, Mommy. Um, watch me do this good thing. And that's, a, I mean, it's something we, we all have um, in us is like this, this hunger and desire to be seen, um, but Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, um, we should hunger and thirst for righteousness not to be seen by others. So look at verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 1 through 4 here. Um, Matthew 6, 1 through 4, just a chapter later in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, beware, be on guard of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus when you give to, um, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet um, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets um, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received the reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And so Jesus says, beware. He says, this is going to be a temptation for you. I mean, he is, 
laying out his theology in the Sermon on the Mount. And he's saying, beware, this is going to be a temptation to you. You will struggle with this. Um, but Jesus says, these people will not be blessed. Um, the Beatitudes is all about blessed, being blessed. And Jesus says, these people will not be blessed. They will not be satisfied. They will, they will leave empty-handed. Um, and Jesus says, when you give to the needy, and the assumption is we should give to the needy. We are giving to the needy. But Jesus says, when you give, um, do not let, your, um, you know, not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. But also don't sound a trumpet. Um, don't draw attention to yourself. Don't um, make your good deeds known um, to everyone else. Um, give in secret. Give in secret. And right after that, he applies the same um, principle to prayer. He says, don't pray um, to, be, to be seen by others. Um, don't pray for others. Uh, pray to God. Um, and not to be seen as a spiritual elite. Um, and we should pray, right? I mean, we just prayed this morning. Andy prayed for me. We should pray for each other and, and for our own hearts. Um, we should um, care for the needy. We should care about the, the guy outside the Kroger parking lot holding a sign asking for money. We should, we should serve him. We should um, minister to our, our lonely neighbor. We should go out of our way to, to care for those that are hard to love and, and hard to reach. Um, but Jesus says um, our priority in serving, our priority in praying should be to glorify God, to, to meet with him. Um, and uh, Matthew 5.14, just a few verses after the Beatitudes, or a verse or two after the Beatitudes, he says, let your, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And so the emphasis is not on, on you, it's not on me, but it's the emphasis on, is on God who is in heaven to, to be glorified. Um, we should hunger and thirst for God's glory, not our own glory. Um, and we struggle with this. I struggle with this. I, I um, was telling you a minute ago, I struggle with this. I struggle with every time we give money away, um, I want to be seen. Anytime I... Um, uh, speak to college students or uh, do a sermon like this one. It's like, I, my fear walking in is like, man, I want to be seen. I want to be seen as wise or uh, I want to be seen as a righteous man. Um, I, I struggle with this um, when I volunteer for things, when I um, volunteer to clean the dishes or, I, you know, I clean the house or do something in the yard. Like, I want people to notice <laughs> It's like, I want people to notice how great my yard looks, you know, um, or I want, I want my wife to, to see um, my, my righteousness. Um, I want to be seen by others. Um, I mean, a few weeks ago um, uh, was my first time volunteering in the kids ministry during this hour, um, five and six-year-olds. Um, I have a five-year-old, but I've never done a five and six year old class before of eight to 10 of them. And I remember leaving that time going like, well, first of all, I survived. Um, that was a big deal. Um, 
we made it. We made it through the hour. Um, lots of playtime on the playground. Um, but the, the second thing was I was like, I mean, I remember, I think I told like six people leaving the church, well, look, you know, I made it with your five-year-old. You know, I made, I made it through this hour. And I remember just feeling like, I'm like, I got in the car, I'm like, gosh, did I want to be seen? Did I want the credit um, for, for that act of volunteering? Um, and my heart was um, to, to be seen by others. Um, and... Um, I wanted to sound the trumpet, you know, like we sound the trumpet. And, but the promise here is that the Father does see you. Um, when you um, are hungering and thirsting for righteousness, the, the Father does see you, and his seeing you is enough. His sight of you is enough. Um, and the Father does approve of you. you. You don't need the approval of others, um, his approval is enough. And his approval for you, like we said before, doesn't, has nothing to do with our righteousness, but our, our trust in a righteous Savior. And so, um, serving others. Think about this for a minute. Um, assess kind of your, your life for the past uh, few days, the past week, past few months. Like, what are some of the good deeds or the, the ways that you have served others or served in this church. Maybe you've also served in the, the children's ministry. Uh, maybe you've served um, on the grounds. Um, maybe you think about the way you've served your parents or the way you've served your children or the way you've served your boss or the people you work with. Um, ask yourself, did you, did I, try to um, get some sort of credit after that? Did you try to um, get some sort of uh, affirmation or approval and credit? Um, Did you do this? Did I do this to look good for others? Um, what What was my motive? Why did I give money away? Was it to be to be seen to be approved of by others? Why did I um, volunteer? Why did I tell everyone that I was in the five and six-year-old class? You know, what, what was it going on in me? What was I longing for in that moment? Was it to be seen? Was it to seek the approval of man? Um, Galatians uh, 1.10 here uh, on the screen uh, says, comes up, Okay, we don't have that one. That's okay. Galatians 1.10 says, For I, uh, am I now seeking the approval of man or am I seeking the approval of God? For if I was still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. And the, the truth is, it's like the um, approval of man, the approval of other people, it will always fade away. It will always fade away, but the approval of God never fades. And... Um, I mean, to some degree, all of your good deeds are tainted with sin. Um, they will be tainted with um, self, um, to, to bring attention to yourself in some way, the side of heaven. Um, but we can and we should pray that God would purify our desires. He, we should pray that God would, would sanctify us 
and that he would give us hearts that uh, pursue and hunger righteous, hunger and thirst for righteousness um, for God's glory and not ourself. Um, and, and the point is, um, are you aware of those? Are you aware of the internal longings for to be um, saved by God or to be seen by others? And, um, but Jesus closes out here and he says, and hang with me just for a few more minutes. He says, hunger and thirst for righteousness for those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be satisfied. And so hunger and thirst for righteousness to be satisfied. Um, to hunger and thirst for righteousness, to, to long to obey God and to take him at his word, um, it is satisfying. Um, and doesn't, don't you, um, doesn't everyone want to be satisfied? Um, doesn't everyone want to be full? Doesn't everyone want to be um, experience joy and rest and not be anxious for the approval of others? Um, don't we all like long for that? Um, and the, the world says this. The world says, blessed are those who indulge in this or that. <laughs> those will be the people who will be satisfied. And the world says, blessed are those who have um, this relationship with this guy or this girl. Um, those people will be satisfied. Blessed are those who have this many degrees or who are this good at communicate, communicating, um, who have this position or this job title or this many days off um, or this, many, this much money. Um, but Jesus says, my definition of satisfaction is, is way different. Um, but we turn to all these, these, these wells to find satisfaction um, that, that are empty and they're dry. Jeremiah 2.13 says this. He says, for, for my people, God says, my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that hold no water. Um, we turn to broken cisterns. We turn to, to dust to, to try to satisfy us. Um, but Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for, for to be right, just, what is, what is good, what is biblical, um, what is honoring to God. And, and those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they know that God is the true source of life. He is the living water. Um, and when we obey God, when we, when we obey his commandments, the commandments are there not as a burden um, on our, our backs, but to, to bless us, to, um, to live obediently so that we may experience um, satisfaction. And when we depend on him and when we spend time with God, um, we experience life, we experience satisfaction. I've never had a, a college student come up to me after spending time, time reading the Bible and say that was a waste of time. Um, I've never felt that myself. I've never spent time alone with God and been like, man, I could have done something better than that. But I've always, done, I've always said this is a waste of time when I've watched an episode of something on Netflix or something like that or gone to uh, find approval from someone else and not gotten it. Just, it's never enough. And we, we think that the grass is, on, is going to be greener on the other side, but it's never greener. Um, and um, Jesus says to the woman of the well, 
He says in John 4, 13, he says, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And so what are the, where are the wells? What are the, the broken cisterns that you turn to to find life? Um, where do you spend time searching for fullness? Um, where do you turn to, to to find fullness that is broken? And what would it look like for you to turn from those wells and turn to Jesus, the, the fountain of living water? And so um, I'm going to give you kind of two final thoughts. If you want to be satisfied, if you want to... Um, hunger and thirst for righteousness um, so that you may be satisfied. Um, the first thing you have to do is you, this, this is done through God's word. Um, it's through spending time with God. Um, uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Um, that the man of God may be equipped for every good work and um, may, may be complete equipped for every good work. And so scripture, spending time alone with God, reading, praying, meditating on God's word is what will satisfy you. That will be satisfying. Um, you will be, if, when you read God's word, you will be reminded of his love for you. You will, re, will be reminded of his grace for you, even though um, you blow it every day. You, he, you will be reminded of um, how blessed you are um, to be poor in spirit um, and have nothing to offer. Um, and then I think also the second thing is we have to hunger and thirst for righteousness with God's people. Um, you, this is the, to obey God's commandments and to um, experience satisfaction um, in him is not something that God meant for us to do alone. Um, Ethan said it on stage. He was like um, talking about God's, our, his experience of biblical community and the, the need for accountability. Um, Paul says in 2 Timothy 2, uh, 22, so just a chapter before the last verse we read, he says, so flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along, along with those who call on the name of the Lord from a pure heart. And so Paul says we should, we be, you should be pursuing righteousness along with those together um, with those who know Jesus. And so who, who are your people? Who is your person who holds you accountable? Who is your, um, the person who's unafraid to, to speak into your life, who knows you, who truly knows you, and who can hold you accountable to obey God's word, uh, not for obedience sake, but to be satisfied. Who is your person? Who, are the, who is your church? How can we, as a body of um, Christ, um, hold each other accountable to obey and to hunger and thirst for righteousness so that we may be satisfied? Um, and I'll close with this verse. Um, John 6.35, Jesus says, I... I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, 
and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Let me pray. God, I, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your guidance and what it looks like to be satisfied. And Lord, so I, I do pray for our church and our city, Lord, that we would not pursue righteousness um, in order to um, be saved. And I pray that we would not pursue righteousness in order to be seen by others, Lord, but that we would rest in um, your seeing us through the blood of Christ. And Lord, I pray that you would satisfy us as we spend time reading and praying and meditating this week. And I pray, God, that you would give us a desire um, to follow you. Lord, change us um, from the inside out. It's in Christ's name. Amen.